0: 16, over and over and over and say it over and over again. But when you ask God to show you something, he'll show you something you've never seen before. Verse 16, all scripture, everyone say all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, not man, not some famous preacher, but of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every Good work. I don't know about you, but in this new year, I want to be thoroughly equipped being a father. I want to be thoroughly equipped and being a husband. I want to be thoroughly equipped by being just a pastor, a friend, a son. And last but not least, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. One of the first verses I ever memorized. And you hear me speak this so often over so many different things. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and powerful. It doesn't say the Word of God is dead and anemic. Sometimes we live like the Word of God is dead and anemic. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. That word piercing, when you get pierced, There's no way around it. You know something's going on. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner. How many of you know, how many of you needs discernment today about a decision that you need to make? And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I don't have a title, didn't have time to really come up with one, don't really need one. For the podcast's sake, let's call it the Bible. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. I'm honored and humbled to take this pulpit. God, I honor my pastor, and Father, I echo the words of the Apostle Paul. It has nothing to do with me and everything to do with the cross. Lord, we love you. Open up our ears to hear your word and to do something with it, and let us all. Leave this place better than the way we walked in. We love you and give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In our culture, you guys know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but in our culture, this book has become um, obsolete in a lot of places. It has become um, old news Uh, It has become old history. It has become a good fictional story. It has become a coaster at some people's house. It has become a bookend. It it has become a decoration at a lot of people, and unfortunately, it's become those things at a lot of churches as well. Uh, We live in a a society where, you know, we're just satisfied with seeing our children carry their Bibles to church. Uh, Sometimes we, as adults, just carry our Bibles. To church but how many of you know that what we're carrying we need to realize the magnitude and the power of what we're carrying. Amen I get onto my kids a lot and tell them and you realize what you're holding. Do you realize what is sitting in your room next to your baseball cards? Do you realize what you are bringing to the house of the Lord when you have that book? It's so much more than a book. Let me tell you a little bit of things that, what it is, maybe what the church would tell you what this book is. It's the scripture. It's the scriptures. It's the promises. It's the oracles of God. It's the lively oracles. It's the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It's the law of the Lord. It's the law of the prophets. It's the book of the Lord. It's the word of God. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Old and New Testament. It's the first and the second covenant. It's the word of Christ. It's the word of life, the scripture of truth, the word of truth. The gospel of Christ, the word of faith, the word of the Lord, the word of righteousness. And you're like, whoa, that's way too many church terms. Let me give you just some basic cultural terms. It's the hammer. It's the fire. It's the mirror. It's the seed. It's the laver. It's the lamp. It's the rain. It's the snow. It's a sword. It's a bow. It's gold. It's power. It's food. Amen? It's more than an old book. It's more than just something all the grandmas have in their homes. It's more than a coaster. It's more than a bookend. It's the living word of God. And I believe, and I believe it is already in the process of happening, that the church, that Christians, that people are realizing that it is powerful, that it is living, and it is the only resource that churches need. They don't need another book. They don't need another ten steps to this and five steps to that. They don't need another counseling session with a preacher. They need the word of Almighty God. The word of God is the creative word. Go to Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one. All right. This is Genesis chapter one in my Bible. And that's a good thing. When pages are falling out, that's a good thing. So I'm just gonna use this Bible right here. People will walk in and be like, oh, my God, it's blasphemy. They're taken out from the word of God. No, it's just ripped out of my Bible just now. Wow, I want to get one of those thin line Bibles. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Then God said, let there be light. What did God do? He said it. And there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, verse 6 and 7. The word of God is the creative word. Verse six, then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the water waters and let it divide the waters from the waters We're above the firmament. And it was so. Verse nine, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. The word of God is the creative word. From the beginning, y'all, from the beginning, the psalmist summarized the process when he said it in Psalm chapter 33 verse 6 by the word of the lord were the heavens made when the word was spoken even from the start things did happen they had to happen and it's no different today when you read the word of god when you speak the word of god things have to happen and they will happen the writer to hebrews said in hebrews 11:3 says by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. What are you saying, that I can just speak a tree into existence and the tree will come up in your yard? I'm not saying it can't, but my point is, as a Christian or even as a non-believer, when you begin to read the word of God, it begins to do something in you, and when you speak the word of God, things will begin to happen in your situations. We speak too many human words and not enough God words. We have suggestions. And there are some of you that you're really good at that. You can sit down with somebody and you'd be like, well, my opinion is da-da-da-da-da, and then you're like, wow, that's really good. And I'm thankful for those moments. But I would rather come over here and hear somebody speak a word of God to me because I know that that word is going to do something. It is going to create something new in me. God created something new when he spoke those t- things into existence. We create new things and we speak the word of God over our situations. Amen? The word of God sustains creation. Didn't just create it, it sustains creation. Go to Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one who being verse 3 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power Another translation says, all things by his powerful word. By his powerful word. I'm glad God not only creates things in us, but he sustains them. You speak a word over your family, and you will open up, you will unlock something that your family has never seen before, because that word will sustain your family. Amen? I'll never forget when I read, he must become greater, and I must become less for the first time. I I created something new in me, but it has sustained me from that time to now. Does that make sense? The word of God gives, reveals and communicates new life. Everybody say new life. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at a lot of scripture. So if you don't like the Bible, you're in the right place this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. I'm thankful that I'm born again, amen? I mean, my mom did a great job. Thanks, Mom. Thank you for everything, but I'm glad I'm born again by the blood of Christ. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the what? The word of God, which lives and abides for 200 years. Forever. Forever, the Word of God gives, reveals, and communicates new life. Everything that the Word of God did to all of those awesome Old Testament prophets and prophetesses and all those heroes of the faith that you read about in Hebrews 11 is for you and me as well. God wants to reveal things to you. I love that word, reveal. I love that word, revelation. I'm reading a book right now called I Am Legend. And it speaks to the people that just wants to just, they want to just ride out in the sunset in a blaze of glory, and that's me. I want God to reveal things to me over and over again. I don't want to be this person. We talked about this Friday at the call meeting. I don't want to be this person that really dictates the word of God, that takes the word and kind of distorts it and says, you know what? I'm not this, or I'm not called to do this, or God, I really don't think. Who are we to tell God? Are you with me? God wants to reveal new things to us. He wants to give us revelations, fresh revelations, Another version, 1 Peter 1 and 23, says, Peter testifies that we are born again through the living and enduring word of God. Joshua 1 and 8. Joshua 1 and 8. I know I'm bouncing back and forth to the old and new, but it's all the same word, amen? Joshua 1 and 8. Joshua's taken over from Moses. You know the story. He's scared. He's got to lead a lot of people to a new place. He's got to go to a new place himself. Going to a new place is difficult. You need a revelation from the Lord when you go to a new place. When you do things differently in your marriage, when you do things differently as a parent, when we had two kids and we went from two kids to six kids, we had to have a revelation from God. We had to do things a little bit different. And we needed a clear word from Almighty God. It was a fresh revelation from the Lord. Joshua needed that revelation Joshua needed that revelation that I'm going to do something different. I was Moses' helper for so long, and now Moses is gone. Now I've got to do something completely different. But most importantly, I want to draw deeper into my relationship with God. If we all have one resolution this year, whether you're 13 or whether you're 33, it needs to be a deeper revelation with Jesus Christ. I've been challenging the young people on Wednesday nights and even some of the adults. We have to redefine. You have to ask yourself the question this year, why do I come to this building? Why do I come to this place on Wednesday night? Why do I come to this place on Sunday morning? Is it because I'm a teacher and they're expecting me to be here? Is it because my grandma and my great-grandpa went here? Why do I come to this building? Hopefully, part of it is to receive a fresh revelation from God's Word. That's why we make so much of what we do about God's Word. Joshua 1 and 8. The Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Then you will. Not until you get into the Word. Not until you read the Word of God. Not until you think about the Word of God. And for sure not until you apply it to your life will your situation get better. Hear me on that this morning. Please hear me for that. The church, Christians in in America are looking for magical pills. They're looking for the new thing in everything. But even in Christianity... How can I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How can I go further with God? How can I be used? There's only one resource, baby, and that resource is the Word of God. That's what God told the man of God. He said, you got to read the book. you got to think about what you're reading. Think about what you're reading. If it takes you one week to figure out one verse, do it. Think about it. And then do what the Word of God says. Then the Bible says, then you shall be prosperous and successful. Then your marriage will look different. Then you will function differently as a dad. Then you will function differently as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. Then you will function differently on your job. Read it. Think about it. Apply it to your life, and you will get fresh revelation. 2018, man, we're living too much off of other people's revelation. We're living off coattails too much, man. It's your faith. God said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Own is a big word that a lot of us don't like because we like to pull on coattails. I'll go with them. I'll just live off of their... We've talked about that. I preached a word called agitate the anointing, and I talked about the dangers of trying to live off of somebody else's anointing. You can't live off of some evangelist's anointing that's preaching a great camp meeting. I'm thankful for him. I'm glad he came. He gave me a good word, but I can't pull on his coattails. The next day, I'm not going to jump on his podcast and spend the next six months. All I'm thinking about is what that man's saying. I'm going to get the word of God for myself. And get a fresh revelation and work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Joshua had to work out his own stuff because God wanted to reveal something pretty powerful to him. Are y'all with me this morning? I know I'm spitting a lot, but you know, I wasn't properly hydrated this morning. The word of God releases grace, power, and revelation. There's that word again. So that we may grow in our faith and commitment to him. Go to Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians, the first chapter. The Word, y'all, not the church. Not the preacher, not the evangelist, not the missionary, not the greatest televangelist, not your mama, not your daddy, not your grandma, not your grandpa. The word of God releases grace, power, and revelation. You can be in church all day, every day, every morning, every night, uh, uh, uh. And never open up this word on your own and read it. And be as empty as the homeless drug addict on the street. That's why you see so many homeless drug addicts, when they get a verse or two, their life just blows up. Prison church, that's why so many inmates get saved in church. Because they get just a little nugget of the Word of God, and it comes alive in them. Are you following me? Because they open up the Word of God, and they read the Word of God, and they digest the Word of God. And they realize that it's alive and real. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. Paul He's praying a prayer, and he says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul was saying, read the word of God, because it will release a revelation in your life. Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want my faith to increase, Jojo, what do I do? Read the Word of God. You mean to tell me it's that simple? Yeah, it's that simple. Well, I went to an old country church my whole life when I was a kid, and that's what that old preacher would always say. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Now I wanted to try a contemporary church to see what that preacher had to say. Well, he's saying the same thing. It'll never change. The importance of this Word will never change. It will never be added. It will never be taken away from. The greatest discipleship that I've ever done in, 15, 14 years of ministry is to tell somebody to read the Bible for yourself. I can't read it for you. Don't have somebody read it for you. Read it yourself. Apply it yourself. Isaiah used powerful pictures. We read it in chapter 55. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, Peter echoes the same thought when he writes that by drinking the pure spiritual milk of the word of God, we grow up in our relationship with God. We grow up in our relationship with God. Pure spiritual milk. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. God has given us to fight Satan. You know it, but let's go to it. Ephesians chapter 6. You heard pastors say it last week, that the Bible cuts. The word of God cuts you. The word of God sometimes is a punch in the gut. And there's a reason if you you read the wording. Look at verse 17 in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. A lot of you have memorized that. A lot of you have prayed that in your homes. A lot of times you've prayed it in prayer and not really realized the power that's in that. First of all, look what it says. Take the helmet of salvation. Notice where the body part of salvation rests. Yeah, it's a heart issue, but the Bible didn't say the Bible didn't say take the helmet of, or take the heart of salvation, the helmet. We put on a helmet, right? When we read the word of God, we gotta think about it, right? We gotta think about it, right? When you come down to the altar and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you gotta think about what you're doing. You can't just completely tune your mind out of what's going on. But notice, the, 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 take the helmet of salvation. The salvation rests upon your head, goes down in your heart, comes out of your mouth. Look at the sword of the spirit, referring to the Bible. What is the Bible? A weapon. It cuts. It cuts. Not only you as a reader, but it cuts those that you're discipling. We need more cutting in that that sense, in the spiritual sense. We need more conviction in the church. We need more conviction in culture, because how many of you know conviction draws people attention to God? Temptation of Jesus, look at it, Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four. There's not a greater weapon at any Bass Pro or any gun shop than the word of God. When I get in a spiritual battle, when we get in spiritual warfare in our home as a family, we don't go get our hunting weapons. We get the word of God. Because it says the Bible is the sword of the spirit. Matthew chapter 4, the greatest example of that was Jesus. Look at verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by a spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What just happened to Jesus before this? Say it. He was baptized. It was a glorious day. Jesus himself was baptized by John temptation and bad things aren't supposed to happen when you start getting your life right. Temptation's supposed to stop after you get out of the tank, right? All hell breaking loose will never happen again as long as I get baptized. Is that right? Look what happened to Jesus. Then Jesus was led up by the spirit of the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, what? But he said something first, it is written. It is written, devil. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of men. No, the mouth of God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Listen to me, church family. This is reality. The devil knows scripture. The devil knows the word of God. And in 2018, on college campuses all across this world, there's professors that are atheists and agnostic and pagans and non-believers, and they know the word of God better than the church. Because so often when we get into a pickle, it, it's not, it is written, it's, well, my mom told me that I need to do da-da-da-da-da, and the pastor told me that he gave me his counsel, and and then my counselor told me, and my psychiatrist gave me their counsel. What about, it is written, my family will be blessed. It is written, my marriage will be blessed. It is written, my kids will not be on drugs. It is written that the Bible says that there will be no addiction that will take hold of my son because he's with the Holy Spirit and I plead the blood of Jesus over them it is written and he goes on and says it again it is written almost done the word of God has the power to judge and convict we just read it Hebrews 4 and 12 judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart conviction is a good thing in my house conviction I need conviction from 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 the sin pit that that God brought me out of I need conviction every day And where I find that conviction is when I read the word of God and I find that conviction. Conviction is one of the greatest gifts that you could have, people. Don't be scared of the word conviction. When you read the word of God and it grips you. Because our heart's desire as a church, our heart's desire as a Christian should be to please almighty God every day that we live. And if I'm not pleasing God, then I need to be convicted of that. And where do I find that conviction? I find that conviction in the word of God. Those who choose to ignore God's word will one day experience it as the final word of judgment and conviction. Notice that the word of God is still around, still in hotels, still in jails, still in schools. They can scare you all, you, all they want with the scare tactics. The Bible's still here, and it's alive and well as it's ever been. Look at Matthew chapter seven, and I'm concluding. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. I referred to it in my intro. Jesus speaking will actually be on this chapter tomorrow in our reading journey. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. You have to seek the word of God. You can't go into reading the word of God based on other people's opinions because he wants to give you a fresh revelation. He wants to give you a fresh revelation that will so open your eyes to your specific situation because all of our situations are different. All of our situations are different. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse 1. In verse 2, in the beginning was the Word. We spoke of the creative Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, I love this verse. And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It is hard to comprehend that Jesus Christ is living within us. If you're not familiar with church terminology, you're not familiar with the scripture, when we disciple people. And be careful of that in culture, that you don't over-spiritualize your conversation with somebody. Because a lot of people in the culture don't understand Christianese. They've never been brought up like that. They've spent their whole life addicted. They've been spent their whole life in the meth ring. They've spent their whole life in darkness. They've never heard that kind of stuff. Just be Jesus to them. But one of the greatest ways that you can be Jesus to them is by the revelation of the word that you have received, and then it comes out of your mouth. Remember what I said, salvation, head to heart, comes out of the mouth. Head to heart, and then it comes out. The Bible says the word became flesh, it became Jesus. And when we speak the Word of God to people, that's Jesus. Is it that simple? It's that simple. The reason it's difficult in the Western culture is because this is never read. This is never opened. It's never talked about around a dinner table. 90% of the conversation has to do with entertainment or self-gratification instead of the living Word of God. If this would begin uh, 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 talking around the table This would begin to be spoke of amongst people That's why I'm doing this reading pattern Because everybody that's doing it with me I want to engage in conversation I want to know how they're doing I want to know how their family's going I want to know about the ball game But I want to eventually get to the point Where we talk about Hey, did you read Matthew chapter 7 today? Yeah, I read it And then just engage You come to the Bible study next Friday And, and we're going to get in the word of God We're not gonna spend 55 minutes talking about what you did Thursday night. We're gonna spend 55 minutes to 60 minutes talking about the word of God because we need a fresh revelation in individuals. We need a fresh revelation in the church. It's more than an old book, y'all. It just is. Aaron, are you in here? Can you join me real quick? I'm not gonna call you down. We're not gonna have special prayer, man. We had an awesome time of just thanking God for who he is, but when I saw that text this morning, you know, I scrambled a little bit, not nervous or anything, but just wanting to do what God wants me to do. And the longer I get in this journey, Pastor preached on it a couple weeks ago about the marathon, not the sprint. And, and, it, and it, the same goes for us as leaders and as ministers and pastors because we're so, we're so bombarded with the next great thing, the emails, the people that call this church trying to put new stuff in front of us. And, and, and a lot of it is good. In, people have good intentions. But we're getting so far away from just this. Just the simplicity of who he is. And the simplicity of what this word can do to your life. I've said it many, many times. There's no way we could do what we're doing right now in our life. Without speaking the word of God over our family. Over and over again. And there's nothing, man, you know, we got Lily at about a year old, and now she can quote whole chapters of the Bible. She's more qualified to do this than me. It's just her other parts that aren't ready. We've got to get those checked off the list. But it wasn't a counselor. She went to some good counselors. I'm I'm so thankful for good people, especially Christian counselors. If you're a Christian counselor in here today, thank you so much. If you're a counselor, you just want to help people, thanks. But the only thing that was going to help my baby girl grow up and to be the woman of God that she's going to be is the Word. Because it was spoken over her. Out of my mouth, out of her mama's mouth, even out of her brother's mouth. That's all you have to do is read it, speak it over your situations. That's why I always say when we get in circles and we pray, don't let one person pray. I pray. Open your mouth and be audible. Declare that your marriage will be healed in Jesus' name. Declare that your kids will be made well in Jesus' name. Out of your mouth, declare those things when you speak the word of God. And when you speak those things, believe it when you say it. I'm on the teenagers right now. You can lay hands on sick people and they will be healed. I believe that. It's that simple. Because the word says it. And if I'm a believer in the Word, I just read it, the Word is Christ. If Christ dwells in me, then I can speak any word in that book. And I know that from that day forward, it is signed, sealed, and delivered. It might not be the way you want it to look. It might not be the way I want it to look. But my Bible says it is finished. He's going to do it his way. That's why when I say, God, I thank you for the prayers that have gone before what we're about to do, I thank you for answering every one of them. Some of you, I probably thought, man, I wish he would have answered that one. He did. In his way, in his time. Not yours, not mine. I said it just a second ago. I truly believe church is on the comeback. Everything's full circle. Church is on the comeback. People are hungry, they're starving. This little do church like a country club just ain't working. But When you can get involved in a church, and we're not the only one, but when you can get involved in a church that makes this the priority, it sets this above all the things. It sets it above all the trips. It sets it above the basketball games. It sets it before the coffee. It sets it before the donuts. It sets it for the new paint. It sets it above the new chairs. It sets it above the new location. I just don't like the location. It sets it above all those things and only then as God told Joshua you will be prosperous and you will be successful stand to your feet this morning